Are you a Hawkeye fan living in Story County? Do you feel isolated, like you're alone in a maze of red? Well, you're not the only one. And that's why we here at StoryCounty.News have launched a brand new section of our website, From the Hawkeye of the Storm, which will feature our weekly podcast, Brada's Branded Thoughts, as well as other Hawkeye-related content for all you Story County residents who bleed black and gold, or if you live in western Iowa, eastern Iowa, or somewhere else other than Ames, and you're a Hawkeye fan, we'd love your support. All of our content is free, so again, give our Facebook page a follow, give it a like, and give our Twitter page a follow as well, at from the Hawkeye, at from the Hawkeye on Twitter. The more likes, the more follows, the more support we get, the more content we can continue to push out, and it's all free. It's from the Hawkeye of the Storm, hosted by StoryCounty.News, for the best Hawkeye content in the area. Week 158 of Brada's Branded Thoughts and from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We are flying solo today, talking about Iowa hoops, Iowa football, and uh, this past week, the first official week of Iowa spring practice, so we're going to talk uh, football as we always do. We're also going to talk transfer portal uh, rumors. I guess there's not really a whole lot going on with Iowa as far as the transfer portal, but we have had some news and uh, some uh, interesting tidbits and certainly some speculation to discuss and, of course, Luca Garza, how could we not talk about the plethora of awards that that young man continues to reel in? But first of all, before we get to the rest of those news items, if you will, I want to spend just a moment talking about what has been the biggest news story in Iowa Hawkeye sports over the past week. And that is the announcement by Jordan Bohannon that he would return for a sixth year at Iowa if the NIL bill were to be passed into law this week. Now, if you don't know what the NIL bill is, it is the Name, Image, and Likeness Bill, which has been passed in uh, numerous states already. And uh, certainly Jordan Bohannon wants that to be the case here in Iowa. He has met with Mark Emmert of the NCAA, along with Geo Baker, Isaiah Livers of Michigan, Uh, Baker, of course, of of Rutgers. And uh, also, um, we've heard from different legislators and lawmakers across the country weighing in on this issue. Um, I'll I'll be honest, this is just my my hot take on this this subject. I'm tired of hearing about it. I, I am tired of hearing about it. Now look, I'm not trying to dismiss, and I know that some pundits will say I'm trying to dismiss Um, the issue at hand. I am not denying that there is an issue as it relates to uh, player compensation, whether or not players should be compensated more than they already are, because they are compensated. Let's not forget they are compensated, whether you want to admit that as a student athlete or not. They are compensated. Now, is it to the fair market rate? Absolutely not. We understand that. Okay, we get that. Um, That's not my issue. But I will say this, um, a very solemn note this week was the announcement from Jack Nungy that he would be transferring from the Iowa basketball program. Um, Listen, we know the storylines with Jack. It has been an absolute uh, tumultuous few years for that young man. 
Um, if you're going to root for anybody in this Iowa basketball program over the last few years, it's been him. I mean, let's recap. I know everybody's done this, but let's recap what's happened to Jack Nungy since he arrived on campus with Luca Garza, by the way, just four years ago. First year, he plays pretty well. Iowa, of course, had an abysmal season. Worst season under Fran McCaffrey. Um, just disgraceful. I mean, it, it finished at the bottom of the Big Ten. Uh, Nungy decided in the offseason he wanted to get bigger, wanted to get stronger, more equipped to handle the Big Ten ranks, and uh, took a year off. Red-shirted, got bigger, got stronger, came back in 2018, 2018-2019 season, and... Um, or excuse me, 2019-2020 season, and played fairly well, was still, you could tell, getting comfortable. Uh, it was still early in the season. Um, he had had a couple nice performances, including a career high uh, in both points and rebounds in, in one uh, one appearance early on last year, and then he tears his ACL five games into the season, uh, I, I believe against Cal Poly. Uh, that in and of itself is uh, enough to make you feel for this kid. Um, if you don't know the history with Jack Nungy, he actually lived next door to the McCaffreys in Iowa City when Fran initially got the job. Uh, Jack's dad was a doctor at the University of Iowa uh, clinic. And uh, very interestingly enough, uh, Jack really sprouted after they moved to Indiana. His family moved to Indiana where his dad continued to work as a doctor, as an emergency room doctor near Evansville, Indiana. Which, of course, if you're uh, putting two and two together, that's also where Todd Licklider, former Iowa coach, is now coaching at the Evansville Aces men's basketball program. But besides the point, uh, Jack Nudgy really progressed once he got to Indiana. He got bigger, got stronger. Iowa recruited him, brought him back to Iowa City. So after last year, uh, he recovers from the ACL tear. We get into COVID. Um, he was finally starting to get back as we approached the summer. But again, COVID uh, affected everybody, not just Jack, but certainly that would have been a difficult thing to deal with, still is for everybody. Um, he works his way all the way back in just days before the start of this season, which would have been um, his technically his red shirt or double red shirt sophomore campaign because he took the red shirt year and then he also got a medical hardship waiver. So his re- double red shirt sophomore campaign, just days before the start of the season, uh, more tragedy happens. His father um, passes away tragically. Again, this is his father who was working as an emergency room doctor back in Indiana. Um, first of all, words cannot describe how gut-wrenching that has to be. I, I've not experienced that, but um, I, I don't want to know what Jack felt. Um, you know, we, we, as human beings, we can show empathy and concern for someone, um, but we'll never really know what that person feels like. Because even if we've dealt with a very similar issue, everybody deals with certain issues uh, differently. That's just a fact. That's just a fact of life. And if you think that you can understand people and understand exactly what somebody else is going through, um, then you're being naive and you're being ignorant and you're not being very considerate because, again, everybody's different. Certainly it would have been hard. We know it would have been devastating for Jack. Still is. I'm, I, you know, That's going to take years to heal. and He'll never completely heal from that. But he went back to Indiana, took some time off from basketball. Um, they had the funeral 
where uh, several of his teammates here uh, in Iowa were able to log on to Zoom and, and view that funeral virtually. Uh, he went back to Indiana with his girlfriend, spent some time with his families, uh, from what I understand. Came back, joined the team, and really started to play really good basketball. I mean, we had t- we'd heard uh, beginning of last year, and I'm talking about the 2019-2020 season, that Jack Nungy was the second best player on this team. Uh, I mean, people were talking that way, and we're not talking people on the outside. We're talking C.J. Fredericks uh, made it very clear that he thought Jack Nungy was going to be an NBA player. Uh, Fran McCaffrey talked up and down about Jack in practice. Um, And so we started to see that this year. Now, he was coming off the bench. He was relieving a guy in Luca Garza, who's a generational-type player. We know that. Um, But he really started to come into his own. We're approaching March. We're approaching the postseason experience that uh, Jack and this entire team uh, had been missing for the last couple of years. Um, in fact, Jack, what's what's tragic about this, if you, if you really think back, Jack has never experienced an NCAA tournament from a playing standpoint. I mean, that is, talk about devastating. He has had a redshirt season, a medical hardship season, and now another medical issue that has um, withheld him from the uh, last, what, two uh, NCAA tournament appearances for Iowa. I'm trying to think back here. I think I've got my, obviously it would have been three because the, the one last year would have been taken away. And of course, everybody got that taken away. But uh, he's never been able to play in an NCAA tournament. And here he came in the same year as Luca Garza. Okay, now that is that is startling when you think about the fact that Iowa um, has finished in the top five or six of the Big Ten um, these last two years, and they were a seven seed, or excuse me, a ten seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, were they a ten or a seven? I believe they were a seven uh, two years ago, three years ago, under Fran McCaffrey with Tyler Cook, Luca Garza, Joey Scamp, those guys. So. It's just been a, a really rigorous road for Jack Nungy. I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, and then, of course, he comes back. Um, sounded like he... I mean, some of the video and, and the photos we were seeing out of Indi- Indianapolis was just inspiring. You see Jack Nungy pumping iron, bench pressing with a huge boot on. By the way, if you want to know what injury he sustained, he had an ACL tear last year. And then this year he had the uh, meniscus tear, which is a not quite as serious, but it's the same knee, and that's the concern I think from the medical uh, people. Um, but Fran McCaffrey expressed that he he thought Jack would be ready to go come next season, and I mean from our estimation, I think all of us would have uh, thought that he would be the starting five, even though he doesn't necessarily play like a five. You know, he's six eleven, seven foot. He doesn't play like a five, which. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it would have been interesting to see him as a starter, um, certainly as a healthy starter. But he comes back. He's expected to come back. And then just last week, we get the bombshell announcement that uh, he is choosing to transfer closer to home to be closer to his family. And he made that very clear that that was the purpose of him transferring back to Indiana. Or again, he hasn't announced where he will be transferring. I hope it's not Evansville with Todd Licklider, but um, wherever it may be, fans need to understand, and I haven't seen fans 
ripping Jack Nungy for this. If, if you're going to go on social media and rip Jack Nungy for going home after everything he's been through, you need to get off Twitter. You need to stop watching uh, college basketball. You need to call your local psychological clinic, and you need to schedule something pronto because you have issues. Um, and so, again, devastating for, for him, devastating few years for him, and, and devastating for, for Iowa fans. Um, but we want what's best for Jack. I mean, I think everybody within the program, outside the program, wants what's best for Jack, and he will always be a Hawkeye. There's no question about that. Um, again, best wishes to Jack Nungy, but it certainly leaves a void for Iowa. And so the question becomes, how does Iowa fill that void. Luca Garza will not be coming back for a fifth year. I think we know that at this point. Um, how does Iowa fill that need? Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Garza's uh, awards that he's winning. He's basically uh, winning every National Player of the Award, uh, National Player of the Year award. Excuse me, uh, known to man. Um, he is just, I think there's been one outlet, it might have been USA Today, that named Ayo DeSumo National Player of the Year. Garza was named the Naismith National Player of the Year, which is, of course, one of the two big ones, the Naismith and the Wooden Award. Um, he was named the NABC Player of the Year, the Basketball Coaches uh, Player of the Year. He was also named the Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar winner again for the second straight year. He's the first a player to ever win that award twice, which is obviously spectacular when you think about some of college basketball's legendary seniors since the days of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm not sure when that trophy was instituted, but uh, certainly a huge accomplishment there. Um, he won the AP Player of the Year. He's won Sporting News again for the second straight year, um, and he deserves every single award that's thrown his way. He deserves the USA Today Award, which uh, was given to Dosumu. But nobody will care about that um, if he wins the Wooden Award on Tuesday, which it will be an absolute travesty if he doesn't. Okay, uh, that, that It should be a shoe-in. This should be the easiest selection in the history of the Wooden Award. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, how Luke Garza is remembered here at Iowa. Uh, and I, I don't mean to sound um, narcissistic or... Uh, sarcastic when I say that. I mean that honestly because he's going to go down as uh, one of, if not the best players in the history of Iowa basketball regardless. But is he the best? That's the question. Uh, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, unfortunately, he never really won um, postseason-wise, never really accomplished the goals he set out to accomplish as a team. He accomplished his individual goals to a spectacular level. We know that. But if you look at his career, freshman year was terrible. Uh, sophomore, and I'm putting this all on Garza, but it's, again, I'm just calling a spade a spade. This is just the fact uh, of what happened during his career. Sophomore year, um, they beat Cincinnati in the first round. They come back and, uh, you know, play Tennessee tough. They fell down 25 early, come all the way back, roar back, can't win it in regulation, and then get beat in overtime. That's the closest Garza would come to the Sweet 16 last year. The season gets canceled due to COVID. That certainly has to be a part of his record. You cannot take that season away from him. We don't know what Iowa would have done in the tournament uh, last year. Um, and then you take a look at this year. I mean, we know the disappointment. We talked about it last week on the podcast. 
I, I mean, I, I said, I think I said it on the show last week that I thought Oregon could be a team that made the Final Four. I mean, they got absolutely dominated by USC, and I get, I get it. They're an in-conference foe, but they got completely dominated by the Trojans, and then the Trojans got completely dominated by Gonzaga. Now, Gonzaga's, I think, the best team in the country right now. I think they'll beat Baylor Monday night, um, but I, that's just not a good look. Iowa was a two-seed, and I know you can't do this transitive property uh, in college basketball or any sports, really. But, uh, I mean, for Garza to never make a sweet sting, sweet 16, that's going to hurt his legacy. Whether you, whether you think it's fair or not, that is going to hurt his legacy. So, is he better than Ronnie Harmon? Is he better than John Johnson? Um, is he better than Roy Marble? Those are all valid arguments. I don't think there's any... Anybody that can say, well, it's obvious so-and-so is better than so-and-so, no. That's just ridiculous because they all have different resumes. But as far as Iowa moving forward, how does Iowa replace Garza? I mean, you're not going to replace his production. Um, You're probably never going to replace his production. But I think a lot of Iowa fans, including myself, expected Jack Nungy to step into that role next year and be a guy who could provide, I think, 10 to 15 points and maybe... Uh, you know, six to eight rebounds per game, and he's not coming back. Um, I, I know that the transfer portal, you can technically withdraw your name and return to school. I, I don't see that happening, um, given the situation as to why he's leaving. Um, and I don't encourage him to stay unless circumstances were to change, his family were to move out here or, uh, for some reason. I'm not, again, I'm not, not saying I have any inside information on something like that happening, because, uh, again, I, I don't. But... Um, he, he, by all accounts, he's gone. So Iowa is left with former uh, guest here on the show, Josh Ogundale. Um, and the question is, can Ogundale produce? Can he develop in this offseason to a point where he can be a starter next year? Um, that's a huge question because, I mean, look, he was out of shape this year. We know his struggles with COVID early on in the year. Um, he struggled with his weight. It looked like he trimmed down a bit as the season progressed, but I can't imagine him playing even 20 to 25 minutes next year. Now, I hope he proves me wrong. I think he's got the body to be uh, really a refreshing change. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Garza. Believe me, I'm not saying that. But Iowa has not typically had that physical seven-footer. Garza's physical, but as far as a guy who, you know, uh, I'm talking like a, a Michigan State uh, looking guy, a guy who's just thick, big, who can defend. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of someone. Jared Sullinger comes to mind. I'm not. I know it sounds like I'm comparing him to to great Big Ten players, but you look at some of the guys Michigan State has had. Some of the guys that, uh, well, Ohio State's got a guy like that this year. That key kid from uh, from inside. He, you know, I think he's only six eight, six nine, but he plays huge because he's just a big body. Um, if Iowa could get someone like that in the transfer portal, uh, they've got a kid like that on the roster. But again, will he be able to develop? Um, I sure hope he can because I think, again, Ogundale can be that type of a player, I think. Uh, I'm, no, uh, I'm no coach myself. I'm certainly no uh, nobody that can uh, predict the future as it relates to a guy's development, especially at the college level. So uh, that's going to be a big question. But again, can they maybe find somebody in the portal that could service those needs. I think the big question, too, is, is Fran willing to do that? Um, 
he has not been a guy who seems to really embrace the transfer portal. I give Fran McCaffrey a lot of credit for going out and getting Bakari Evelyn last year. Uh, Bryce Cartwright was a transfer. Uh, Dale Jones was a transfer, although Dale Jones really never never really developed at Iowa, and then he transferred out of the program. Um, I think I'm probably missing one or two more. I mean, Trey Dickerson, we've had him on the show. He's um, just didn't work out here. Not Nothing against Trey or the staff, but it just didn't work out here. He transferred out. Um, so transfer, I mean, getting guys on transfer has not been a strong suit of Fran McCaffrey. Um, I'd say Bakari Evelyn, certainly, and again, Bryce Cartwright early on in Fran's tenure, those have to be the most successful gets. Iowa has not went and gotten a grad transfer big man, um, but I think they need to. Um, I think they need. I, I was thinking they needed to before the announcement from Jack Nungy. But even if Josh Ogundale does turn into a twenty to twenty-five minute a game guy, which I would have to think is about his max, even by next year, he just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be able to come in and, and and run thirty to thirty-five minutes a game. I think that's absurd to even talk about. Um, and so, I, I you gotta have, you gotta go get somebody. I mean, we haven't really heard Iowa's name attached to any. I mean, I haven't heard the, the Fran's name or, or the Iowa coaching staff attached to anyone, and maybe that's just because uh, it's not out there as far as a, a public rumor. But um, I, I think the only guy that I've heard that uh, Fran is interested in is the kid from South Dakota, and he's not a big man. Let me see if I can find his name. If you know who I'm talking about, uh, pardon me for the minute where I have to uh, look his name up. Athletic kid who's playing Division Two basketball over in South Dakota. But again, is he a guy who is going to pick Iowa? He's got uh, basically offers from everywhere. And again, very athletic, not a great shooter, and he's not a true big man. Let me find his name here. Parker Fox, that's who it is. Parker Fox from I believe some Division II school in South Dakota. He's a kid who's very athletic. If you haven't seen tape on Parker Fox, go look him up. Have heard Iowa's name attached to him. But um, he's got a whole lot of offers from a whole lot of schools right now, or at least interests. I shouldn't say offers. That's kind of jumping the gun. Uh, let's let's look at some of the offers that he's uh, dealing with right now. Um, according to... 247 Sports. Uh, it sounds like Minnesota may be in on him. Creighton, Clemson, South Dakota, LSU, um, St. John, Seton Hall, TCU, Texas A&M, Georgetown, Dayton. So some big names there. But again, Iowa should be right there in the consideration, close to where he's playing now. Um, it sounds like he would probably be a kid that uh, Minnesota is going after hard. I um, believe he grew up in Minnesota. Uh, and, of course, Minnesota's got a new head coach. They've kind of overhauled their roster there with Ben Johnson now at the helm. Um, but I will be interested to see what Fran does because there's a lot of movement in the Big Ten. I mean, we're not even – we just hit April, and the NCAA tournament is still going on. The championship, of course, we're recording this on Sunday. The, the championship game is tomorrow. But we've already heard that Indiana has – convinced Trace Jackson Davis to come back. Uh, Mike Woodson is the new head coach for the Hoosiers. He's convinced Jackson Davis to return. That's huge. 
We know that Minnesota has brought in several grad transfers, or I should say transfers. There's going to be most likely a blanket waiver for all transfers to play immediately this year. They've had quite a bit of movement, although they are losing uh, several players, including Marcus Carr. We've seen Penn State's roster get completely overhauled. Um, We've seen Rutgers' roster kind of get overhauled as well. I saw that uh, Montez Mathis announced today that he is entering the transfer portal. Miles Johnson is in the transfer portal. He's a kid that if you could land, if you're Iowa, I think that he would be a, a really good plug-and-play guy for next year. I don't think that will happen, but certainly would be someone that I would think Fran would be looking at. Illinois, uh, they lose Adam Miller, which is kind of a shock to me, given the fact that Osumu will be leaving, um, but maybe Adam Miller knows something we don't know, or it could be for some other reason, like w- with what happened with Jack Nungy, uh this past week. So, a lot of different movement, uh, you know, with Big Ten rosters, and really the only thing we've heard from Iowa is the departure of Jack Nungy. Now, here is what I fear, and I hate to even bring this up on the podcast, um, but this is an honest fear, and I sure hope I'm wrong on this. Um, I don't see anybody on this roster, other than Jack Nungy, at this point, unless something crazy happens, and again, I don't, I don't know most of these guys personally, but I don't see anybody on this roster that will be transferring. Other than, I could foresee a situation, and I know I'm not the first one to say this, I could foresee a situation where where uh, Joe Toussaint ends up leaving the program. I sure hope I'm wrong. Um, I want to see Joe Toussaint um, get his opportunity. Um, you know, the the information, the, the news on Jordan Bohannon wanting to come back for another year. Look, I I, I am... A Jordan Bohannon supporter. Okay, I am a Jordan Bohannon fan. Um, and I don't know how to put this kindly. I think a lot of fans are ready for him to be just kind of move on. Um, I know there are a lot of fans out there that'd love to have him back for a sixth year. And you may see it, it say it's crazy to not want your your all time leader in three point shots to not come back for another year. I, I think. People that say that need to understand there are two arguments here, two sides of this coin, so to speak, that you have to give attention to. We know the deficiencies defensively for Jordan Bohannon. We know also that this is an era of transfer portal has taken over. I mean, I think I've saw, it's been like, what, 1,200 or more players in the transfer portal. Now, some of those players are from Division One or Division Three or NAI even, um, but uh, the fact that this is the era we live in, I think if you get Jordan Bohannon back for another year, I, I think you're, you're reading the writing on the wall for Joe Toussaint. I, I, I don't want that to happen, and I'm not going to say on this podcast that I don't want Jordan Bohannon back, um, but I, I don't want to get Jordan Bohannon back for one more year and lose Joe Toussaint. Um, I heard people say, well, you know, I, I wouldn't mind Jordan back if he comes off the bench. Do you really think Jordan Bohannon's coming off the bench his sixth and final year? Okay. Now, that NIL bill did not pass last week. Bohannon said he would come back if it passed last week. Here's the thing, though. What nobody's talking about is Bohannon said he would come back if it passed. He did not say that he would not be coming back if it didn't pass. Okay. So, I... I, I not saying he's coming back, but 
And I know he was using it for leverage, which I, I don't think there's much leverage there. I don't know what state legislators and I mean, listen, I think Bohannon will always be beloved here in the state of Iowa, but it, it's it's there was not going to be enough pressure on legislators to pass this. And I mean, it just wasn't going to happen, uh, you know, that especially that quickly. Um, so again, I I I continue to fight the idea that it is silly to think that a person wouldn't want the best three-point shooter in Iowa history to come back, but I do think he comes back, you're going to see someone else leave. That's my thought on this. Um, do I think it'll be Aaron Euless? Probably not. Kid was a freshman last year. I'd be surprised if he were to leave already, but Joe Toussaint's going to be a junior, and if he has to come off the bench again, because again, I, he Jordan Bohannon ain't coming off the bench. I would love to see that. I think he'd be really, really, really valuable to this team coming off the bench. But it's not going to happen. And so for that reason, um, I do struggle with the idea of Jordan Bohannon coming back for a sixth year. Again, I'm not trying to take a slide at Bohannon, take a shot at him. That's just how I feel. I'm ready for the Joe Toussaint era. I, I get he's got deficiencies as well. Um, but I personally, and I know a lot of friends of mine, feel the same way. No offense to Jordan Bohannon, but we're ready to see that era end and to see the next era of these young guards, Toussaint, Perkins, um, you know, certainly Euless, begin here at Iowa and, and give those guys an opportunity at the spotlight to see what they can do and how they can change the complexion uh, of this program. Okay, so transfer portal, again, up in the air. We haven't heard a lot, so we'll wait and see uh, on any news there. Um Iowa needs something uh, to get fans' spirits up. This has been a very, very difficult couple of weeks for Iowa fans. Um, I think people are still down about this Oregon loss. I, I get it. I mean, this season was hyped up ever since the Garza announcement last year that he was coming back. Um, and then to hear that Jack Nungy's leaving, I and mean, we don't hold anything against Nungy, but I think people certainly are disappointed. Um, and there's a lot of people talking about Iowa being a mediocre program. You know, the fact that they haven't been able to uh, get past the second round of the NCAA tournament in four tri- excuse me five uh, five trips to the tournament under Fran McCaffrey, I, it's a valid it's a valid complaint. It's a valid concern. All right. Um, do I think this is a mediocre mediocre program? I don't. But I think that you have to start wondering: Can Fran get it done here? Um, and I don't mean get it done as far as getting them back to the tournament because he's done that. Congratulations, he has done that. They are a tournament team. They're going to be a tournament team, I think, basically every year. Um, but again, can he get them past the hump? If they don't make the Sweet 16 with their the best player to ever walk through the doors, potentially the best player to ever walk through the doors, and a, a team loaded with the best three-point shooter in Iowa basketball history, um, one of the better three-point shooters in the Big Ten in Frederick, and another uh, great three-point shooter in Joe Wieskamp. I mean, we know what, where they struggle defensively and on the boards, but if you can't get it done now, are you going to be able to get it done? I think that's a valid question. Let's finish this week's podcast with a little football talk. Iowa back at it on the practice field. Spring practice is here. The University of Iowa announces they will hold two spring practices that are open to the public. Masks are required. Um, concessions will be opened. I'm not advocating saying it's a good idea or not a good idea, but certainly 
this is going to excite fans. You hope that uh, that means we're on track for a somewhat normal fall season. uh, Kirk Ferentz met with the press this week, talked about some of the headlines heading into the year, including the addition of Liddell Betts, who, by the way, um, I think he is going to really help recruiting. I I talked about it during uh, our appearance on Mark Rogers TV, which, by the way, big shout-out to Mark. Um, He is doing great work. If you aren't subscribed, if you're a college football fan or an Iowa fan and you're not subscribed to Mark Rogers, the voice of college football on YouTube, get on over there because that dude is constantly putting great content out. He gets um, media people from around the country who cover different teams, gets them on his show, and he is just just nonstop. He's relentless. Give him a subscription. But talk a little bit about on – uh, a little bit about Liddell Betts on Mark's show. I just think he's going to do so much for Iowa in the way of recruiting. I mean, think about what Kelvin Bell has been able to do. You think about what Derek Foster was able to do. They were tremendous. I think Foster really helped them down in Florida as Kelton Copeland has. But I think Liddell Betts is only going to continue that. We see a lot of talent coming up from um, the Florida area. We think about um, Tyler Goodson coming from Georgia. You think about uh, Quavon Matthews is a Largo, Florida uh, guy. Um, Makai Sargent is another transfer from Florida. So they've been able to recruit well down there, and you wondered with Foster leaving if that would hurt them. But I think Liddell Betts is going to do a tremendous job here. He's got the NFL history, the connections in the NFL. That's going to help as well. Um, I think one of the bigger storylines that came out of this week, Iowa did release the two deeps, which I know the depth charts, they don't mean anything at this week, at this point in the season. Ference made that abundantly clear, as he always does. But this is something I guess I just missed in the offseason, and that is the return of Iowa wide receiver Max Cooper. And maybe I just missed it, but nobody was talking about the return of Cooper. Everybody was talking about Zach Van Valkenburg, Matt Hankins, um, Iowa got back, Caleb Shudak at kicker, but nobody was talking about Max Cooper. Let's remember, he is a fifth-year guy now. I expected him to be done after last season. So the fact that he is coming back, I think, indicates that he believes uh, he has a chance to play this year. He did end up on the two deeps. Tyrone Tracy, Nico Reganey, uh, of course, are the two guys that we expect to be major contributors at uh, wide receiver this year, but we'll see what Cooper can do. Max is a guy who can certainly run with the best of them. He was a track star, I believe, in high school, um, and he has a history of returning punts. Charlie Jones, I, I, of course, he's on the two deep as well. He's going to be the punt returner, and I would guess the kickoff returner as well. But I think Max Cooper coming back will be an interesting storyline to follow, and we know what Kelton Copeland has been able to accomplish at wide receiver since he got here. So that's certainly a headline or a storyline to follow. Yaya Black is a guy that we talked about on Mark Rogers' show. Um, He is listed as a starter along the defensive line, which uh, I wouldn't necessarily say is a surprise, but it is something to follow. Can he uh, hold that position down? We've talked about the depth at defensive line, which they seem to just reload every single year. This year it's going to be the likes of Joe Evans, John Wagoner, Yaya Black, Zach Van Valkenburg. They've got bodies. They're going to have to develop more. Noah Shannon is another guy that I think is poised to have a big year. But uh, we'll see. This is going to be an interesting several weeks. We're going to get some video from spring practice. We'll get to talk to some Iowa players 
during uh, a weekly press conference this coming Tuesday, and then we'll get some assistant coaches on Wednesday. So it's going to be an eventful week. Uh, we look forward to it. Um, if you want to catch the press conferences from last week, Gary Barta met with the media briefly um, this past week as well, prior to the Ferentz press conference. And you can watch the Kirk Ferentz press conference. If you want to watch those two conferences, uh, swing on over to our YouTube channel. Maybe you're here now. Uh, click right below on our YouTube channel, subscribe, and you can look at our uploaded video of the uh, our uploaded videos, plural, of the two press conferences, Iowa football press conferences from this past week. And again, we will continue to post the weekly press conferences from Iowa football and spring-related activities. To finish off the show this week, as we approach the 40-minute uh, mark almost, uh, I want to uh, mention something that happened here um, this past week. If you uh, live in Iowa, even if you don't live in Iowa, we've probably heard about this, the tragic, tragic um, passing of two young Iowa State students that were a part of the Crew Club, which is a rowing club at, the, at uh, Iowa State University. They were up at Little Wall Lake um, by Jewel, Iowa. The boat capsized. Um, there were high winds. Obviously, the water was still very cold. Five students went in the water. Three came out of the water. Two, um, one one body was recovered uh, immediately. And then uh, on Monday, uh, officials were able to uh, find that last body. Um, just devastating. I, I just want to send uh, a very, um, very heartfelt and uh, just a, a very warm "I'm sorry" to uh, the friends and family of those two young young individuals. Just uh, gone far too soon, and I hope that I hope that this sort of a, an event we see uh, tragedy everywhere in this world, but uh, I hope that this can hopefully change how. Uh, Iowa State and uh, club people around the country uh, view practice, and it doesn't doesn't sound like there was supervision from any coaches or anything like that. Uh, they were up there by themselves. I, I I don't know that there were life jackets. I mean, I I can't imagine that there were life jackets from what I've heard. I, I just hope that this can usher in changes, but we can't take it away. Can't take away the fact that this is just devastating for those. Uh, those families, and uh, for the ISU Crew Club. So again, from here at uh, storycounty.news, from the Hawkeye of the Storm, uh, we are so sorry about uh, that devastating loss. It's a uh, small-town community up by Jewel, but the entire Iowa State community in the city of Ames is grieving um, following uh, that tragedy this past week. So wanted to take a moment to end our podcast. Uh, kind of a, a solemn note, but... Uh, uh, it's the life we live in, and uh, be careful out there, regardless of what you're do what you're doing, and certainly cherish each and every day, because tomorrow is never guaranteed. Thank you for listening to this edition of the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe below on our YouTube channel. If you're listening through Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, uh, Apple, or Google, or maybe a different uh, podcast platform. Be sure to follow us, subscribe, and uh, we will continue to get you free content. Also, visit our website, storycounty.news slash Hawkeye of the Storm. You can access the podcast on there as well as other from the Hawkeye of the Storm content. And if you live in Ames, you can get your local news and your Hawkeye fix through storycounty.news. Again, that's storycounty.news. 
news. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Go Hawks. Look forward to some spring football in the coming weeks. Take care.